Justin McKinney, Des making a big run. It's meant for him. Des is snuck in behind. Des in the middle. Pull it It's Captain America to the rescue for the United States. And he runs right into the goalkeeper at the end of this, but lays it all on the line for his team and for his country and gets his moment. Why don't you guys go to the officials with your pool reporter and ask them about the play and let them explain it to you, right? Like, isn't that what you do? Thank you. Rezaan back inside. U.S. players are gassed. Iranians are up. It comes into the box again. An Iranian player looking for a penalty. And the game is over! Exhale, America. They're on to the knockout rounds. We will see you Saturday from Khalifa International Stadium for the United States against the Netherlands in the round of 16 of the World Cup. <clears throat> Was there a moment, like a practice or a meeting or anything like that, where you felt things kind of turned for you guys the last couple of weeks, where you kind of noticed that the team was locked in or kind of turning the corner? Nope. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. We will get into the World Cup in Bischoff's briefs at 9.15 and how we are the greatest soccer country in the world. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like the Super Bowl of football. Um, but on the Raiders, uh, Josh Jacobs, according to Tom Pelissero, is not expected to practice this week uh, or not expected to practice much. Tom Pelissero said Josh Jacobs not expected to practice much. If at all this week because of his calf strain, per sources, he'll get around-the-clock treatment in hopes of playing on Sunday. Raiders play the Chargers on Sunday, Jacobs conceivably would not have to really practice to play. Um, let me let me ask you this on Jacobs, because we talked about this on Monday. Um, should he have come back in the game? I mean, I guess he's the one who knows his body, right? He's the one who knows if if in fact he can he can go or not. I mean, he had tweaked it twice, he said, when he 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 got stuck on the turf. He said he tweaked it twice. Yeah. He well, he got he was uh he was added to the injury report last week, I think on Friday. Like it was a late add to the injury report. Questionable with his calf. Then he played, and then on the Raiders' final drive, or the drive they scored the game game tying touchdown on, he got hurt again and was he wasn't on the field for the game tying touchdown. No, he was running sprints on the sideline. And he uh Tashawn Reed was up there, had the story about him sort of convincing the coaches to get yeah. back onto the field. If I'm Josh Jacobs, from his perspective, not from the team side, from Josh Jacobs' perspective, I don't know if I'm doing that. I don't have a contract Ooh. for next year. As a player, though, it's it's as a player, and we just it's had Derek, we go back to Rogers. We just had Derek Carr kind of call out like not everybody's right. wants it as bad as we do, right? So like I I understand all that, but I'm a running back and I don't have a contract for next year. In all honesty, Josh Jacobs has had a phenomenal season. Josh Jacobs is going to make money next year, even if it's like the $12 million on the franchise tag, whatever it is, unless he suffers a major injury. Josh Jacobs, as a running back, if he were is to he, suffer a major injury, is not getting paid next year. Is He'll, he thinking all about that in the no, middle of a game with the adrenaline not. going? He's not thinking about that. But he should be. One of the things that uh, McDaniel's... Every time he gets asked about Josh Jacobs, is he's like, yeah, he's the only running back that's like 
No, I'm not tired. Uh, I'll go back in. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's yeah, just like, dude. Not, not coming out of the game. Boston Rose said afterwards, there's only one guy we have who could carry it every down. Yeah. Every down. But there's a reason you have a guy, another guy <laughs> so dra- that you, you don't drafted, do that. You drafted another guy. Well, you drafted two, but really the one guy you've you drafted. You've got Jakob. You've got Bolden. You've got Amir. Wait, hold on. Side note. I should have looked this up. The television broadcast said this. Jakob Johnson has never had a carry no. in his career. No. He's had... I wrote this a couple times. He's had 13 catches, one touchdown for the Patriots, played three years with the Patriots. Now he's with the Raiders. He's never had a carry. And I asked him last week, if you go to the huddle and they ask, they call a run for you, what will you think? And he says, I hope all of Germany is cheering for me on that one play. <laughs> I I mean, it's a fullback. Fullbacks aren't exactly a massive part of offenses, but the Raiders do carry a fullback on the roster, yeah. and they've ne- they've never he's given never, it to him. He's never had a run play. That's they've thrown it to him. Kind of unbelievable. It's kind of incredible that right. not I mean, one play like a, I don't know, fourth and inches or right. whatever fullbacks carry the ball. Especially with how Josh Jacobs has been, you'd think there'd be a we fake the toss play and we just give it to Jakob yeah, Johnson to get a yard for you. Okay, I it's, I'm not sitting here clamoring. Jakob Johnson needs more carries. I was just surprised that the number is zero. You asked so about the plays earlier. Do you remember the play where it was fourth and short and they went wide with Jacobs for some reason? Yes, I didn't have a big problem with really? the play call. No, I mean, okay, I thought, all right. It let was me, like inches. Let me put it this way: the Raiders should have run a quarterback sneak. Quarterback sneaks have like an eighty percent success. They're going to get the spot on a quarterback sneak. Yeah, they have like an eighty percent success rate yes. on third or fourth and one. Should absolutely quarterback sneak. The problem, Derek Carr never quarterback sneaks. It's yep. true. I don't know. Uh, there was this is a few years old now, but it hasn't changed for him. But there was a chart on teams that run quarterback sneak or quarterbacks that have quarterback sneaked in their career. Philip Rivers was dead last because he apparently has run like two in his life. Derek Carr was right above him. Wow. Derek Carr does not quarterback <laughs> sneak. And to be completely honest, like that's. A bit of an issue. I mean, when you're in a fourth and an inch, third and one, and that's exactly and one, what it was. It's the most successful play yeah. you can run in that scenario. And especially now that we've got every team figuring out, oh, we can motion a tight end right behind our quarterback and he can, Who just, can just push him out and just push him. <laughs> one of my favorite things is Tom Brady. Just it's the most auto. It, if you only if a first down was only five yards instead of ten, you could literally quarterback sneak your way down the field with Tom Brady and he would score a touchdown because guess what? He's two yards. So yeah. so let me put it this way. It was a mistake for the Raiders to not quarterback sneak. But if we they are the, not equipped to do if we that. know the context that Derek Carr doesn't do that, I don't have a big issue with the toss play. Like to me, it's not a like if I knew enough about the defensive front and what the Raiders were looking for, their blocking scheme, maybe I could criticize because they should have checked to a different run play. But to me, there's not a big difference between, oh, we handed it off up the middle versus we ran a toss play to Jacobs, right? Like either one, to me, they're basically the same situation, right? You just have to make the right read. I and thought make they were the going right to run it up the middle. I, I mean, right. I thought so too, but I don't have a big issue with the toss play because if there's if there's if the blocking scheme is set up for you to get that edge, then you're going to get the first down. And hell, you're probably going to get more often when you run the toss play. So I didn't have a big play with the actual play call other than have a quarterback that's going to quarterback sneak. In all seriousness, do what the Colts did and have Jarrett Stidham be Jacoby Brissett and come in and run the quarterback right. sneak when you need it. It's perfectly fine that the defense knows a quarterback sneak is coming. Yeah, it doesn't. It 
Put Jakob Johnson years, in there and push and forward. Push, and push forward. For 20 years, Tom Brady, you knew that it was coming, and he would just go, he'd like tap his center on the left side. I'm going on that side. And he would just fit yeah. in. So I am curious your answer to this question that Lindsay and I talked about on Monday. When we look at the offseason, and let's assume Jacobs um, plays well at the end of the season and is healthy at the end of the season, relative to being a running back in the NFL, is healthy at the end of the season. You're the Raiders. You have three options. Sign him to an extension. Let him walk in free agency. Franchise tag him. Which of those three are you doing? I would probably franchise tag him. I think that is the smartest answer for the Raiders because you are not you don't have any long-term commitment. It is quite a bit of money for one year. It's $12 million, I think, was what the running back franchise tag is projected to be. That is a lot for he'll be one of the you know five highest paid running backs right, in the league or something. Which would have to be right, but you only have the one year commitment, right. and that's the that's sort of the fear with running backs is one year at a time. We give him three years, and he's hurt in week eight of year one, right? And we're like, oh boy, we're yeah. paying this guy a lot, and we don't know how many games we're getting out of him. Derek Carr had two quarterback sneaks week four versus Denver. Also picked up five first downs with his legs. That is from Q. <laughs> Our 7.30 guest and our boss. That was the game he was scrambling. That was the game you're like, uh-oh. This guy's he using had his long, feet. He had long runs that yeah. game. He was like, he's using his yeah. feet when the play's not open. This guy's got it. It's a different quarterback. It's Matt Ryan all of a sudden running for 39 <laughs> yards. Um, I think your point is the best in terms of it's you get him paid, which he, he has earned that, but you have one year at a time with him, and you can tag him more than once anyway. Yeah. The one Here's the one caveat I would say to that, though. If they are going to move on from Derek Carr in the offseason, I might let Jacobs walk too. I wouldn't. I would literally keep whatever offense. If I'm bringing in, because I assume if you're bringing in a rookie QB, you're doing your method where you're not bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo to mentor him or anything like no, that. No, the rookie's starting. The no, rookie's starting. The rookie's starting. It, it, the rookie would have a much better time with life if he could go, all right, dude, you're dropping back 20 times a game, and the rest of the time, this Josh dude Jacobs is taking the ball. I don't want that. Give it to Zamir White 35 times. That's fine. Guy's going to get shell-shocked. If, if I'm bringing in a rookie quarterback, I don't want to spend $12 million on a running back. I want to spend $12 million on the offensive line, and I want to spend $12 yeah. million or on defensive players. What that, if you're bringing in a bridge? At court, I, well, I wouldn't be doing that. No, but I'm saying, what if they well, like Daniel Garoppolo. Jones? Daniel Jones, my God. Um, I am uh, Zach Wilson. I am firing. <laughs> he the, might be on the team anyway next year. I'm firing the general manager because you are dooming us to a seven or eight win season again, in which we are not getting the playoffs or getting a or you're pay. not getting a quarterback on his rookie deal, right. and you can see him develop. So I am firing everybody if the plan is let's bring in a bridge quarterback. Let's go get that's Jameis the, Winston. That's the way you can start. Whoa, firing no, people. no, no. Let's go get Jameis Winston. Well, they should do that for the fun. <laughs> but like, if the plan is we're going to draft a QB and bring in Jameis Winston, nope, you're all fired. All of you are done. Either let the rookie play because or bring it, back Derek Well, Carr. or bring back Derek Carr. Right. That's that's the game plan here. Like, there's no need to bring in a bridge. We're either we're either sticking with Carr or we're going young and trying to figure well, it out that way. If they're if they're continue to win games like we think they will, there's not going to be a rookie. They will not be get, well, they might get one, but it's well, not gonna it's be it's not gonna be one of the three right. that everyone wants. It's not gonna be Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Right. They might get one in like the third round. 
who I don't even know who's like a mid-round quarterback prospect. This the year. TCU Maybe. kid. Uh, is Spencer Rattler coming out? What about Stetson? How old is that guy? I feel like he's been in college for yeah. 16 years. He's that Martinez kid who's still playing for something. Who Kansas, is that guy? He's playing in the Big 12 yes, title exactly, game against TCU. Exactly. Adrian Martinez <laughs> Adrian is Martinez. out here. He's like 50, that guy. Is he healthy? I will say, he. I feel like he got hurt quite a bit when he was at uh, Nebraska. If he he's got a healthy, couple COVID years. If he's healthy, that guy's playing for the Big 12 yes. title at night at number 10 Kansas State. <laughs> what a trade. He got the hell out of Nebraska and was like, wow, I can win somewhere. <laughs> Scott win Frost close games, I can win one-score yeah. games. Scott Frost isn't out here losing us every one-possession game. We actually can win some of these games. So, Josh Jacobs, it'll be interesting what they do, but I do think it's pretty... If they had to make the decision right now, I think it's pretty obvious that it would be franchise, franchise tag. tag. It just makes so much sense for the organization. And for Jacobs, you want the guaranteed money, but you don't really have a choice when you get franchise no, tag. Like exactly. I guess you can say I'm not playing and hold out, but... He's playing through a damn calf injury with no contract. He's going to play for $12 million. So $12 million for a running back in the current NFL? That's like, yes, yeah, sure, yeah, all right. Oh, Fra- absolutely. Where Will you I franchise say? me next yes. year, too? I mean, there exactly. are like three or four owners that were probably calling Josh Jacobs' agent and being like, yeah, we'll give you a three-year deal. So he might be disappointed because he might actually be able to get the three-year $30 million deal. I would just twenty plus million. I would franchise him and Demarco Murray is ass. Just literally, dude, you're getting four hundred carries. Apparently, he would like that. Even when he's hurt, he'd be like, "All right, I'm coming back in." Poor doll. Yeah. So, all right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's briefs. It's the greatest soccer team in the world. Bischoff's briefs. I'm afraid we need to use math. I knew I should have checked your showboating globetrotter algebra. Bischoff's Briefs. Man, I thought you knew that algebra was all razzmatazz. Bischoff's Briefs. Yes, I see. Something involving that many big words could easily destabilize time itself. You ready to win the World Cup? Uh, you're telling me they're the greatest team who ever, whichever uh, existed. So greatest soccer nation of all time, the, the United USA. States of America. What a win over Iran yesterday! Crushed them one nothing. Were you a little concerned at some point? I mean, normal. When they launched the missile. Yeah, <laughs> normal concern because it's a one goal soccer game. Sure, but no, no. When it's zero zero. No, Were you like, oh, no, we, dominated. we talked about yesterday how Iran was going to play. We dominated. We The first half, absolutely But you said dominated. they would, and you still said Iran would just keep 11 back. And yeah, yeah. Absolutely dominated, like expected, the first half, and scored a goal to go up one nothing. Probably should have had a second, but Tim Weah was offside by like five inches, and that uh, could have been up 2 nothing at halftime, which would have been game over for Iran. Okay, here's the thing with uh, Greg Berhalter in the United States. Um we dominated the first half, played extremely well. Uh, the goal that the United States scored was an excellent goal. It's actually one that uh, they've scored before in that exact same way. Midfielder sends it diagonally to the right back running on into the box, who then heads it to a striker or a winger running right at the goalie. Uh, we scored that and, way multiple and times. that guy gets injured? Uh, no, the uh, shot to the nuts has not happened before. Uh, but it Are did happen for Christian Pulisic. I think so. Should be fine. I'm on it. Um, so, yeah, that happened. Christian Pulisic, by the way, got subbed off at halftime, went to the hospital. They're yeah. saying pelvic contusion. 
uh, which is, I guess, is a better way to say it than the way I said. Oh, it. yeah, his little video from the hospital bed. Saying yeah, he's gonna be fine. Um, I will say one side note. That's the position we can afford to lose a player. Like, if if you told me that we lost a starter and that it's Christian Pulisic, we can actually afford that. That's where we're the deepest is our wingers. Like Gio Reyna and um, Brendan Aronson are two of our ten best players and have barely played in the World Cup because Tim Weah and Christian Pulisic are ahead of them. We can afford to lose a winger. Uh, it'd be much tougher in midfield. It'd be much tougher at right back or left back. We can actually afford to lose a winger. So even if he doesn't play against the Netherlands, I won't think much less of it. But the United States first half was perfect. A lot of people critical of the second half because we sat back and played defensively. Obviously, you always want your team to go, 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 score, keep the ball, and probably against a run, we probably should have been able to keep the ball longer and not sit back as much. But a run had one shot on goal. Mm-hmm. And yes, there was a dangerous chance in stoppage time where the ball got behind the goalie and Walker Zimmerman had to come over and clear it away. Yes, that happened. Cameron Carter-Vickers, they had a, they almost had a VAR check to see if he committed a penalty. It was kind of close. But we gave up one shot on goal. Like, if you're going to play defensively and you give up one shot on goal, that's, that's pretty good. Like, that's about as good as it's going to get for you. So, I, yes, you want to see the team keep the ball and score more. But I don't have a big problem with, hey, we're going to sit back and just defend our one nothing lead and send us to the round of 16. Perfectly fine with that. And here's the other part with Greg Berhalter. Gets a lot of criticism, right? I'm sure all national team when, managers. Who doesn't at the national team level? The English hate their manager. Yeah. Hate him. Um, since he's been the manager of the United States, the United States has won every single tournament they have played in. United States qualified for the World Cup. Though he's had three big events. The Nations League won that. The Gold Cup won that. Qualifying for the World Cup did so. Qualified. And now got into the World Cup. The genuine expectation of this United States team was to get out of the group. Check, right? Now, anything from here is above expectation, right? They're underdogs to play the Netherlands. They're not expected to win that game. At no point would anybody say the United States getting knocked out in the round of 16 would be a disappointment, right? He has done everything and probably a little bit more than expected in terms of results. It's been great. We have not failed under Greg Berhalter. And as long as we, if we lose the Netherlands one nothing or something, fine. As long, if we lose like 4 nothing, that's kind of embarrassing and maybe we'll have a different conversation. But he has been phenomenal as the manager of the United States in terms of results. You may not like the way it happens. You might hate his substitutions. A lot of people are mad that Gio Reyna is not playing more. We've won every single thing that we can yeah. since he's been the manager. But will the press conference be as creative and <laughs> as will, interesting? I don't think the Netherlands media <laughs> will be quite like the Iranian You're media. You're not pronouncing it correctly. I don't think we're going to get the... Maybe we need that. <laughs> yes. Maybe we need to We need to hire the Iranian media to come do all of our press conferences and just ask the most off-the-wall yes. things they can come up with. Maybe that's what we need to win at the World Cup. Okay, so what I've found is that you definitely can say nuts on TV because Jesse Jackson did in 2008. We're good. I'm clear. That's all I needed. I would exercise caution and try not to say nuts as much as like you possibly As can. you keep saying it over and yes. over? Yeah, like the word nuts. Don't, okay. Don't go too far. Limit the amount of times I say it. Say, say the word nuts. Okay, yeah. thank you. All right, just wanted to double check there. Now... That I've told you, Greg Berhalter has been as good as can be, as he could be. Here's where I'm going to get too far ahead of myself. The United States is going to play Netherlands, where I think we're plus two ten to advance, right? So we're we're 
decent underdogs. We're not massive underdogs, but we're decent underdogs. If we beat the Netherlands, and I'll tell you later this week why I think we're going to beat the Netherlands. Oh, no. Um, But if we beat the Netherlands on Saturday, our next opponent would be one of Poland, Argentina, or Saudi Arabia playing Australia. If Argentina wins today, Argentina wins that group, and it would be Argentina against Australia. But if Argentina draws with Poland or loses to Poland, then it would be Australia against Poland or Australia against Saudi Arabia. And if you tell me the United States' path to the semifinals of the World Cup is the Netherlands and one of Poland, Saudi Arabia, or um, Australia, Australia, we're going to the damn semifinals of the World Cup. If Argentina wins today, it's difficult. If Argentina draws or loses today, we're going to the semifinals of the World Cup. We're going to beat the Netherlands. I'll tell you why later in the week. I don't have enough time for that right now. But, and then our second matchup in the quarters would be possibly like... And if it was Argentina? Poland. Uh, Give me a few days and I'll convince myself that we're going to beat Argentina too. (laughs) Who aren't we going to beat? France and Brazil. And Brazil. Here's the problem. Once we get to the semis, we're most likely on the same side of the bracket as Brazil. I don't I don't think I can talk myself into us beating Brazil. Okay. I mean we technically we could, right? Tunisia just beat they have France. Fred. Saudi Arabia beat yeah. <laughs> Saudi Arabia. Like technically we can beat Brazil, but I'm not gonna sit here and tell you we're gonna do it. The the problem for the US winning the World Cup is even if the path is easy to get to the semis, we would then probably have to beat Brazil and, and then France. probably have to beat one of France or England. Right? And I pfft, that would be incredible. I'd love every minute of it, but I even I'd have a hard time telling you that we could do that back to back. But I do genuinely believe we can get to the semifinals, right? right. I'm not saying we're just going to walk through the Netherlands. We don't score enough to walk through the Netherlands, but we can beat the Netherlands and then we could have a really easy matchup in the quarterfinals. We could honestly be playing Australia in the quarters. Australia oh, you, sucks. UV Steven Australia's not UV good, and we could play them with a chance to go to the semis. It would be phenomenal. would be great. All right, coming up next, Sam Gordon joins the show. There's no willingness to negotiate if you have a litigation against you. So if they both have a stay and then have a break and then they can meet and figure something out, then maybe there is something to be had. But I think Greg has to go, first of all, and then obviously the litigation against us and then our countersuit against them, those would then have to be at a stay as well. So then then we can talk. We can all talk freely. We're back to the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. Joining us now from the Review Journal is Sam Gordon. Good morning, Sam. Is the United States the greatest soccer nation in the world? Uh. <laughs> uh, for for uh, what, when this... How much longer till Saturday, Tyler? What do we got? Like ninety for a ninety-six hour period? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> but I, I don't expect the buck to be going much longer. But no, nonetheless, it was a huge victory um, yesterday, huge for the United States, uh, a big moment. You definitely saw some of the national pride come out, and now we'll see how they do against the Dutch. But I don't expect this ride to last too much longer. But it's going to be definitely a fun ninety-six hours when the U.S. has that title, no doubt. <laughs> You're done. You're wrong. We're all winning. We're oh, beating no, the Netherlands. He, th- he thinks they're winning the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. We're getting to the semis. Oh, the semis. Yeah, yeah. I don't okay. think we're beating Brazil, but we're getting to the semis. <laughs> he's he's not allowing them to beat nah. the best team. <laughs> Once we win two games in a row, I might change my mind and tell you we're we're going to beat Brazil. But uh, no, we're getting to the semis. It's going to happen. All right. Um, I'll just give you an open-ended question here. Who's the next UNLV head coach? 
Oh, geez. Um, that's a fantastic question, right? Um, I mean, I, I wish I could give you a specific answer. I, I do think it's, it's going to be somebody that's probably coached before. I mean, Eric Harper pretty, pretty definitively said that that's um, something he's looking for. Now, that doesn't necessarily absolutely mean he's going to get that, but it sounds like he wants an experienced head coach, somebody um, that has coached before, maybe at the, at the group of five level, maybe not. I'm not sure. I, I know a name. Um, one name that comes to mind, of course, is Gary Patterson. I'm not the first person to say that. I'm not not, not claiming to be. Uh, but with, with um, just kind of where he was at coming off of his run at TCU, being out of the game a couple of years, would this be a place where he could get back in the mix? Uh, there's a, it, it feels like it makes sense. He checks a lot of the boxes um, that Eric Harper said he wanted, and there, of course, is a relationship there. But we'll see. Uh, there's a number of viable candidates. I, 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 I want to be very clear, regardless of what he says, or if he hangs up the phone or whatever he tells um, Harper, I would I would be remiss if I didn't suggest that he call Deion Sanders. Um, I think prime time in Las Vegas would be a fantastic. Uh, and given based on what he said about the buyout and the money that they're able to raise uh, for Marcus Arroyo's buyout, could you scrape together a, a not necessarily, not necessarily competitive with a, with a power five salary or anything, but can you scrape together enough uh, money that he would want to come here uh, and be a part of the Vegas community? Uh, I, I mean, perhaps it's a long shot, but I think you have to make the call and at least see where he stands on that. So we'll see. But but I would lean more towards, at this point, somebody that we've seen before, um, Gary Patterson, one of the names that come to mind, Kevin Sumlin, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I do think they'll hire somebody with some experience, and, and we'll see how that um, how, how that person takes over the job and what they're able to do uh, with, with UNLV, where they're at right now. What do you think uh, Marcus Oro's biggest problem was? Oh, uh, great question. Um I mean, I, I think from a big picture standpoint, Ed, you, you really nailed it uh, in your column, uh, your, your Monday for Tuesday column in the Review Journal, just a kind of a general disconnect um, with the community. And then I think beyond that, when you talk about the actual football thing, they just weren't good enough uh, in close games. Some game management issues, I think some clock management issues at times. And that's not to say they would have won all those games, but there was definitely meat on the bone when you take a look at how many close games UNLV played in and how they struggled to execute situationally. I think the, the, the win on Saturday over Reno was the first one-score victory that he had in his three years here, and that should have been a one-score game. Like, that should not have been a, a one-score victory. That should not have been on the resume. So, you know, some of those games that, that come down to the wire, uh, they go the other way. Maybe we're having a different conversation right now, but they, they, they struggled to show improvement with situational football. And I think when you talk about from a football perspective, uh, if they win a few more games, we're not, we're not having this conversation. So, that, I think, was ultimately uh, the undoing. But, but beyond that, when, you, when, when you're losing and you're struggling in close games and there seems to be a disconnect uh, with the community at large, and that's not a very good combination. So uh, that, that's, lo and behold, we are where we are. And uh, UNLV, is, you know, the coaching carousel uh, continues with, with their football program. Obviously, Eric Harper didn't believe this, but do you think if Marcus Arroyo comes back for a fourth season that UNLV goes 6-6 six and six and plays in a bowl game next year? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. Uh, I am of. I thought he was uh, Tyler. I thought he was going to get uh, another year uh, for all the flaws and for all the issues that the program had. Uh, the one thing that he was really, really good. I don't think there's any denying that was he knew how to bring talent uh, to UNLV. And from that perspective, having the opportunity to develop players and getting the chance. I mean, I saw his statement yesterday. He wanted to. You know, there was there was excitement about potentially working uh, with his first senior class guys that he brought all the way through the program. Uh, and there was a player development component that, that, that I thought he was pretty good at. So um, from that standpoint, 
Yeah, I, I do think that was definitely a, a, a chance for them uh, to go 6-6. Six and six. And even if you take a look at this year, uh, losing your starting quarterback, uh, Doug Brumfield, he's had some injury concerns, but you lose him right in the middle of the season. I don't think he ever quite found his footing after coming back um, from his concussion, wasn't playing at the level we saw earlier in the season. That's a tough break. But, look, that's part of the business, right? That's part of the game. You have to have depth. Uh, you have to have depth at all positions. You have to have depth at quarterback. And the struggles that the Rebels had without Doug Brumfield this year, quite frankly, were, were, uh, were enough for, for Eric Harper to see. But, but I'm of the mentality. I thought he was going to get another year. Uh, I, do, I do think, even though there were some issues, uh, there, were some, there were enough positives to, to draw from that, that he, you, could, you could certainly see him getting another year. So I was definitely a little surprised uh, at the timing uh, of the decision. But like you said, Eric Harper doesn't believe that the program was going in the right trajectory under Marcus Royal, and now another coach gets uh, his opportunity to see where they can take UNLV. Given his injury issues, do you think that they need to be better than Doug Brumfield, the quarterback, if you're a new coach and you won't come in and see film, but you see also his injury uh, issues? I know oh. you talked about depth, and you always get quarterbacks if they can play, but do you think this is the answer, or do you think they need to get better quarterback? Oh, geez, um, that is a really, really good question. I, I think, I mean, Doug Brumfield clearly proved that he was good enough to win games in the Mountain West, right? So I, 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 I don't, I, I'm not sure you can automatically come in here uh, and expect to upgrade uh, immediately, uh, given what he was able to show as a, as, as a dual-threat quarterback and how he played particularly um, early in the season when UNLV was off to that four-on-one start. But this is, I mean, it's two years now where he's been banged up, and he's, I think, clearly the most talented roster on the quarterback, or most talented quarterback on the roster both of those seasons. But if you can't finish the year, that is an issue. So I would expect whoever comes in to do, it, to, to do a strong evaluation of that position, of that spot. If Doug Brumfield wants to be here, I think that he, he's one of the bright spots. And I think one of the draws, even though he is um, injury prone and, and whatever, he struggled with, with health. Um, he's good. When he's on the field, he's good. Uh, he can make plays. He can make plays off script. He, he can run an offense. He can go down the field. Uh, and that's a nice uh, foundational piece for somebody that wants to come in uh, and take the job. But maybe it's something where you have to adjust the style of play and, and taper back some of the running. I know that's something Marcus Arroyo I talked about with, with getting Doug Brumfield to learn how to slide and avoid some of those hits. Clearly that's still a little bit of an issue, so, so we'll see what happens moving forward with him. But uh, it's, it's a great question, um, and, and I think you know, depending on who you ask, you would get a variety of opinions because clearly the talent is there, but availability is the most important ability, and he hasn't been available uh, the way UNLV has needed him to. Uh, you mentioned Gary Patterson and Eric Harper obviously said uh, a lot about getting a coach that has head coaching experience. Is somebody like Gary Patterson going to be attracted to this job, given that UNLV hasn't really made that type of hire before, and it's been a place that has basically churned out coaches every three to five years with very little success? Like, Is it an attractive job to somebody like Gary Patterson? That's a great question, Tyler. I think big picture, uh, the, 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 the way that UNLV has cycled through coaches, I mean, that doesn't, that's not a good signal to any coach that, that comes in and, and takes over this job, and particularly firing a guy in Marcus Arroyo after his, after his third season, in which they went five and seven, which, you know, that isn't a good record and definitely, I, again, I think left some meat on the bone compared to what they were capable of. But, but it's not like UNLV has this long track record of success. I mean, did he underachieve compared to the history of the program? Not necessarily. So from that standpoint, what is the barometer for success if you take this job? Like if, if, if a Gary Patterson or somebody established comes in and goes four and eight or, or, or three and six, nine or five and seven like Marcus Arroyo did, like, like what is that going to mean based on the standards Eric Harper has set? I will, I will say uh, I, I think the, the – I mean, kind of like Harper 
uh, elaborated on on Monday, uh, having the facilities, having Allegiant Stadium, having Fertitta Football Complex, those are those are real assets. So if Gary Patterson can come in here, or a coach like Gary Patterson um, sees those as positives and can come in here and feels like he can recruit and build a program based on the resources that UNLV has available, then I think it would be an interesting interesting fit. But it's, it's definitely a fair question, a fair question worth worth asking. How appealing? Um, is this job, there's not a track record of success. There's a million other things to do in Las Vegas. Community support has clearly been hard um, to build because of this kind of the market and where they're at and the lack of success the program has had historically. So even though there are advantages, uh, recruiting advantages and geographical advantages to being here, like the history says there are a lot of disadvantages to being here as well. And when you're a coach like Gary Patterson, who has a long track record of success, who has been in a program and a conference and a league where there's a lot of tradition, maybe it doesn't appeal to him. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, I mean, there, there are certainly advantages to this job. There are certainly drawbacks, and that's why that you've kind of been in this perpetual cycle of turnover, uh, which, which Eric Harper said he wants to stop. So you got to get the right guy in here, and a guy somebody in here with a vision and that wants to be here long-term. Um, it felt like Marcus Royal had that. It was obviously unfulfilled. Now somebody else gets their opportunity to do what he couldn't do. All right. He's Sam Gordon from the Review Journal. Uh, Sam, USA won, Netherlands nothing, Brendan Aronson in the 113th minute. Ooh, 113th minute. You you got it. You got it picked down to the exact minute and second. Okay, that's a ball prediction. I like it. I respect it. But I think the buck stops. I like one nothing um, Netherlands in a close game. Uh, but no, certainly no shame in that if in the U.S. Like they're what, like the 15th or 16th best team in the tournament. Like they're not supposed to win on Saturday, so that not won't be a disappointment. I think yesterday um, was provided its fair share of thrills for American fans who get to enjoy this for what, what, what was it? Again, we agreed on 96 hours. So we'll see how things shake out on Saturday. The Cubs have been a lot of fun to follow and it's cool to see the U S moving on. Uh, Sam Gordon's banned from the show. If the Netherlands win. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it guys. Take care. See who will we have on Monday? If the Raiders lose, <laughs> I don't care. Danny, Danny. That's all right. Danny's I'm going to talk Danny into betting on the United States at some point this week. All right. We got Luke Bryan tickets to give away. I know how much he gets paid. That's just not nice. (laughs) They're going to win, Jared. Luke Bryan. He's got a residency at Resorts World, and we've got tickets for his show on December 7th. 702-364-1100. That's the phone number. Be caller 11 right now at 702-364-1100. You'll win a pair of tickets to go see Luke Bryan at Resorts World. And the first thing that that comes out of Aaron Rodgers' mouth was, do you believe in (laughs) 9-11? What? (laughs) Do I believe in 9-11? Yeah, I mean, why, why wouldn't I? He was like, you should read up on that. Okay. <laughs> now we start learning about the playbook and stuff. I'm like, wow, like, I don't know where this yeah. is going. But what it ended up being was just like a, a real thought experiment where he wanted me to go back and you know, look into some of the conspiracies around it and provoke a lot of great conversation. And we really bonded over that. And, you know, we started sharing some books and talking about some other things and got into history and business and finance, inner earth, <laughs> moon landing. The moon? Oh, he's probably he's, he's probably got some crazy theories on the yeah, moon. Reptile landing. people, y'all are laughing. Go do your research. I'm telling you, go do your research. Yeah, I might have to take you guys to Agartha. I'm telling you, do your research. You guys are laughing. This isn't. It sounds like jokes. You're locked in the press box. I will be out at Parkway Tavern in the district at 11 o'clock today for Mexico, Saudi Arabia, and Argentina, Poland. All four teams still alive can come out of that group. All four teams can be eliminated as well. So come on out and watch the games with us. They got $4 Miller Lite and Coors Light drafts. All of it brought to you by Finley Toyota in the Valley Auto Mall. That was Deshaun Kaiser. 
Yes, but he was talking about Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Do you still think he's smart? Um, yes. Uh, football smart has been my point the entire time. Um, my main takeaway from that, I feel bad for Jordan Love. Do we think he's okay? Do you think he got a reading list whenever he walked in his first day? <laughs> he didn't want him drafted, but he's like, I expect you to read all of these books yeah. on conspiracy theories and ancient aliens, and we will discuss them. I am a little concerned for Jordan Love's well-being. It's probably better for Jordan Love if Aaron Rodgers has ignored him and never talked to him or never tried to mentor him. <laughs> it's probably better for Jordan Love as a person if that has happened. I will say, you mentioned Ancient Aliens. One of the greatest TV shows on the planet is the History Channel's Ancient Aliens. That show is... Have you ever seen that, Ed? No. It's the, cred, it's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Like, it, at any... Any significant human achievement, they will break aliens. it down and tell and you how down. aliens did it. My favorite one was that uh, aliens gave Hitler an anti-gravity device, and they still lost the war. <laughs> <laughs> That was my favorite because I feel, I feel like if you've got the ancient aliens giving you technology that does not exist, right? You should probably win everything. I'm just finding maybe that's what Danny needs. I mean, as a Jewish a man, uh, I'm finding device. out that ancient aliens apparently are anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were on Hitler's side apparently. Um, obviously, there's like how were the pyramids built? Like that's. Right. That one you could actually sit down and be like, okay, yeah, how did they do that? Oh, obviously aliens. But literally anything that humans have ever accomplished, they have an episode on how the aliens helped us do that as a species. It's phenomenal. There's um, the other favorite one is uh, Noah's Ark is real, but not. it was not a boat full of two of each kind of animal. It's actually buried somewhere in the world, like under a mountain. Oh, they've tried to find it often. DNA strands of all of the species on Earth. Right. And they're convinced it's real, and we apparently just haven't found it yet. There's literally no evidence. Right. That that it's great. I, it's one of the best shows you've ever seen. Uh, there's a guy on there who's got a very, I think, Greek name that I can't pronounce, and he oh, just he's has a, his the hair is just wildest slow, hair you've ever seen. Slowly growing. It's the wildest hair you've ever seen. Somehow his hair grows straight up. <laughs> like he's got the anti gravity device, the and it's on his hair. Now, he might be, and that's why he's so convinced <laughs> it's real. It's like I'm the one. I did I've been this. telling you guys. Yes, it's a phenomenal show. Um, you got to watch it understanding that they are completely full of it, but it's great. And the best part is everything is phrased as, let me see if I can get it right, ancient astronaut alien theorist believe. And then they just say whatever they want. <laughs> and it's great. Like, that's how they phrase everything. It's like, all right, people that are insane believe this. Here it is. And it's like, yep, this is the truth, obviously. It's great. Phenomenal I mean show. Genuinely, there was a point where people thought the sun went away. <laughs> like, it just, like, it's a, just it, disappeared. Yeah, they didn't know that that was the same sun coming back. <laughs> New sun every day. Got a good schedule. He's a little bit late each morning, but comes back every day. Are we going to ask Danny for uh, his? Jenner Danny's here. What did you bet on today in the world of soccer? It did not go well. 
Uh, already. He's already dead. No, I, I just. Tyler has to go to a remote. Man. Are you betting on Mexico, Saudi Arabia, no, Poland, my buddy, Argentina? My buddy's trying to try really hard to talk me into betting on Mexico, but I'm done for today. I'm waiting tomorrow. You bet, so on, France. You, you bet on France. I bet on France. I did not factor in the fact that they had already moved on and they did not need to win today, so yeah. they didn't really care. And I took them uh, first half and. Over two and a half goals. Oh. They got beat one nothing by. They got two even if the yeah. even if the second goal had counted, still would have been short. Still would have been short. It's all good. I, I'm gonna rebound tomorrow with Germany against Costa Rica. Netherlands Germany right now. Who, who are you picking? Costa Rica needs a win. But you're gonna. Uh, I mean, the values on the Americans. Sure. So plus uh, two hundred or better to advance. So you'll be. Da- don't worry, Danny will be here on Wednesday. Well, I will or Thursday. I will convince him tomorrow. To bet on the United States. Unfortunately, from the books that I have money in, none of them offer to advance. Oh, they they only, to. Really? As of they right only now, offer the 90 minute? As of right now, they only offer 90 plus injury time. Huh. I've only ever I, well, I mean, I've seen right. that plus advance. Yeah. Really? Usually they have to advance. But then again, they'll probably put up the props either Friday night yeah. or early Saturday. I'll convince you tomorrow when you're in here. I'll convince you. I'll t- I will tell you why the United States is going to the quarterfinals.